Welcome and hello. My name is Benjamin Reitzemar and you're listening to the CTO Coffee podcast, um, where each episode features a new and special guest with whom I have a relaxed chat about all kinds of different aspects of humans and in tech. And today I'm talking to Tobias Leonhardt. Um, I got to know Tobias um, at Brighter, a startup we both work at. And our first encounter was um, a meeting at Brighter where the topic was about how the growing team can be structured and um, yeah, all kinds of things in that regard. And um, back then, I yeah, my background was very much in yeah, being an engineering manager in some form of hierarchical environments, even if the um, hierarchy was not very pronounced. But but still, there was some some kind of hierarchy in there. And um, yeah, to Toby Tobias um, really. Blew me away in that first meeting I came. Um, I still remember that very vividly, maybe even if not exactly, but um, I remember it vividly, like um, how I was blown away after that meeting, um, going out there and simply saying like, oh, wow, I think um, here I can learn something. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very, very happy to, to be talking to Tobias today. Um, and so welcome, Tobias. Very nice to have you. Thank you very much. Benjamin, um, I'm happy to talk to you and uh, happy to create with you some learning insights, learning moments for people who are listening. Let me introduce myself. So I have a background in tech and hypergrowth and, um, and I'm thinking a lot about how to structure organizations, especially doing growth, doing fast growth and hypergrowth. Uh, which brings me to this nice encounters with Benjamin, and I think it's also a, a back and forth in learning. So I, I do m learn a lot from you, and you are very inspiring for me in, in many regards. Um, so I, I really love to have this conversation now with you, and it will be very much about also what I do today. I, today I work with digital and remote companies helping the founders to answer questions like how to scale a great culture, how to hire and onboard people fast, and how to structure a company for hypergrowth. So these three elements of, of culture, hire and onboard people, and structure at hypergrowth, and structure for hypergrowth. This is very much where my, my head and heart is, is at the moment. And yeah, and I'm, I wish for a very nice flowing conversation with you now. Yeah. Um, so always when, when I tell people about you, like my first um, kind of like title that, that comes to my mind is um, yeah that you're an org development coach, organizational development coach or organization development coach, whatever. Is that a title or a f framing that you use yourself? It wasn't. And is an inspiring title for me. Um, I choose to become that uh, a while ago. And I then reached out to a lot of people who has already this title um, in, in Germany and in Europe. And then I was traveling Europe, uh, meeting these people, being with them in monasteries, uh, climbing mountains together with them, um, or, or, or 
and just have conversations and uh, learning from them uh, what it means uh, to be an organization developer and what what the work and the impact is looks like. And for this regard, I think I did organizational development for quite a long time now. Um, yeah, I think seven to ten years. We had ten years ago. We had different titles, or I had a different title for it, um, and it was more about new work, future of work, entrepreneurship. And we didn't use the word startup. And um, but it was always a question about how we can organize work. Um, and then with all the digitalization and co-working coming up in Berlin and the first co-working hubs opening, so there was always um, the question how we can work now differently together. Now we are more liberated and have different work styles. Today, I would say um, it's evolving. It's it's not org developer anymore. I have a website it's, um, where I use the term org developer. Um, but I learn so much more every day about people and culture, and um, and I don't have a title for it anymore. But it's about um, I think the work is about loving people and and helps them to grow, and by this helping the organization to grow and uh, to love their customers and uh, having great relationship to customers and create value. And for this, they get a good turnover and um, create new great business models. So. So I don't have a title for this, but if you have a proposal, <laughs> I think I will not have no objection. Yeah, yeah, probably not not today. Um, but yeah, every, everything that you said like um, resonate a, a lot with me, and also like of course it's like um, we talked about similar things in the past already. Um, but is basically why um, yeah why I feel there's such a um, special connection between um, like how you think about things and how I think about um, work and structure and um, yeah so I, I don't have like super great words for um, for the work I do either but for, for me and there you have you helped me clarify that a bit in the last yeah maybe roughly 12 months or so um, that yeah the human connection or connection between humans is like the most important part. Um, sometimes we, we also like, yeah, say that about trust, like trust is like a very, very important part of, of working together. But um, yeah, I personally, and maybe that's like even where we disagree, <laughs> um, but I, I personally th um, think when thinking about like how people work together and, and all that, um, that human connection is like like broader like brings in more um like because it also um includes um yeah things like empathy maybe and um yeah having a relationship together for which trust can be like a like one part or can be like a foundational part even but um yeah trust as um as a kind of yeah foundation for for working together well um, is, is cool and nice, but um, maybe a bit too short um, or maybe a little bit too not enough. So, um, yeah, very long. <laughs> no, I I'm definitely agree here. Um, trust is very short and it represents my more analytical mind. And um, what when you say human connections, is, I can feel the warmth and 
artfulness and it's more practical and it's what it's really then on the practical side uh, is happening. Um, to think big and to think holistic, um, I trust helps me as a design principle for an organizational model um, to interlock um, all the practices, principles, and designs we, we know for, for a long time now about how we can structure 21st century organizations. So we can interlock them on based on this principle. And it is theoretical, but also when you step back and look at the organizations, this is quite helpful. I totally agree. If you step into the organization, it's about human connection uh, and building trustful relationships. Yeah, you you also used um, like a very interesting word just now, um, which which is organizational model. Um, and on the one hand, um, the first time I heard that, um, also from from you, it was like on the one hand very obvious what it what it means. Like, of course, it's a model for an organization. But then again, you can ask like, okay, what is a model for an organization? Um, so um, yeah, going a bit further than maybe and not like standing on this word organizational model but what i also very much like um yeah or liked about how you think about these things is um yeah that's that you introduced at least for me um like the word of an an organization having an operating system so as a kind of like um yeah or maybe i don't talk about that <laughs> and um yeah reveal my cluelessness in in that regard but um do you um What does it mean for you? What what does it mean for you to thinking about an organization as having an an operating system? What I was seeing when I was doing my work at Zalando, where we scaled from 120 people to 2,500 in three years, um, I looked at so many teams. Uh, in the end, our customer base was 250 teams. And what I did was I lo was looking for pattern. I was looking for pattern of um, high performance, of um, great collaboration teamwork. Of I was looking on this um, on the outstanding teams. Uh, was investigating what made them successful. I was talking to them, observing, and then I was mapping it out to see uh, similarities. And then I figured out that all the similarities was interlocked in a dynamic system. Um, so there was some rules, intelligence, uh, some mechanic. For me, it's a mechanic how this all operates. And this mechanic um, of how the pattern interlocked, this is what I call an organizational model, uh, which an organization uses to operate. And... Um, Yeah, and that's that's it. <laughs> that's how I how I um, how it emerged and yeah. how I define it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe maybe then let's let's pick out. Um. Or I I would say it's interesting maybe then to um, to make this a little bit more concrete. Pick out like one or two mechanics. Um. That you um just mentioned or what you just said. They're like interlocking mechanics. Um. That then like form or shape. Um an organization as a system um and and for me for me um again when we worked together or still work together at brighter um when you introduced this this concept of um of tensions um 
of some and where and how they can be be processed like on an organizational level but also on a per personal level like and um yeah so so this could be um like one of the mechanics so of course correct me if i'm wrong but so would that be like a like a mechanic um one of these mechanics that you mentioned um of course we're also going to talk about like <laughs> what what this mechanic of tension processing is but um is that one of these mechanics would you say or yes and i think this process of tension and processing tension and using like practices like reaction rounds advice process um governance meetings these are all social technologies so technologies mm. because there is a process described um which you can execute so and but it, but it is executed by people so and it um models or moderate moderates the process moderates human interactions and in this sense it is social it's a social technology to process tensions using a reaction round or an advice process and the mechanics um which can be the mechanics which can be observed is what um what i call um let me see given examples the mechanics which can be observed is um when you base it on the paradigm of trust yeah then you inter uh, then you see that the conversations are about um i have a proposal um do you have any objections do you see any risk what do you from your perspective on on the system think about it i want to hear your voice i want considering uh your voice as somebody who's affected or somebody uh, who's an expert you can also um use the same social technologies from an from another paradigm maybe of mistrust then the social interaction is about i have a proposal do you agree do you prove it what do you need from me so to prove it can i align you or majority behind me do i have to defend my proposal um uh, is it risky to to show what i really think in the, from the beginning or should i back up and check for your uh, position first and consider your level in the hierarchy or non called hierarchy um so this is a, a mechanic which is um using the same maybe social technologies but it was a very different outcome so the mechanics are, are very different based on on the paradigm and the mental model you have um as a foundation and in this sense um um the mechanics um are what you can observe when the system operates and now you can see that there are um you can forecast them so if you're giving it another input like um a lot of checks and balances then the mechanics will be different using the same technologies so um and and when you and and now you can but there are limitations there are limitations on the technologies and how the system is behaving which means you can somehow forecast to say okay let's build an organization which is super focused and tuned and made for checks and balances made or like like we did it brighter uh it's made for trust 
Everything uh, is grounded on trust, and we try to create a mechanic so that things interlock always on trustful encounters and trustful moments and trustful human relationships uh, that when we trust each other, we can make the best, the fast the, uh, process, uh, progress. And, and this is a bit like system design and, and um, trying, to, trying to influence these mechanics and presets these mechanics by structure and by... Uh, As I promised in, um, earlier, um, yeah, we also want to shortly explain what tensions and tension processing um, might be. So can you help me out here? Yes, it is very personal. And tensions are meant to be personal because in the complex systems we see from science that and all big incidents and major failures. Um, when the investigation started, they, they found out that there was a lot, a lot of uh, small um, hints. People had the feeling that something going is going wrong. Small things like um, like uh, you found in in emails that there was to somebody who was saying, oh, this is, I have a bad feeling about this, or this doesn't look right, or this is um, um, not based on my experience, or we should not do this. So there was this vague feeling, sometimes also clear evidence, but mostly it starts with vague feelings. So, so that it seems, and now science is proving it, that in complex systems, so you can have a very good um, gut feeling um, about what is going to happen. So, and in, in the technology of, of tension, tension processing, so we use this gut feeling to navigate through the complex system and to prevent uh, failures and act up early when things are easy and small to, um, to adjust. Um, and what science also um, and research told us that um, mostly people was afraid to speak up. Um, and go over hierarchy, stop a process, um, stop a delivery um, of a major project. And um, what we are doing um, by building up an organizational model based on trust is really bringing this um, risk precaution mechanism really to, to early stage feelings of people having a personal tension, feeling of there's something not right, and then we help them to clarify it with other social technologies. We call, if you call it, for a reaction. What we call the reaction round, it's similar to a check-in. And what you do is you pre present your gut feeling, you um, talk about it. And by colleagues actively listening to you, which is also a technology and an art, there's something more than, than just be there, really being engaged in listening, um, it helps person um, having the tension to clarify his tension. After the reaction round, or go for two or three rounds, most of the time what you see is that the people have much more clarity about what it is and what he have to do next. Um, so, so he can transform his tension into a proposal, or he, he found out that the tension is already solved by sharing it, but getting reactions, and then it's all also fine. And it's not solved, yeah, they can transform it into a, a proposal and say, okay, here we should change. Um, we should do things differently. And, and from the scope, this could be, of course, very much local. So within your peers and with your team, 
And this could be also um, on the process you see affecting more and more people. So like, similar like in the advice process, which is another social technology, you look out for people affected and then you think, see, oh, this turns out to be an whole another way how we do incident management. And this is now affecting the whole um, department. And then you figure out that it's also impacting uh, customer success and all people in touch with customers. So things, and this also affects how company is um, is recognized and felt and uh, from from the outside. So so it's really a company thing. And then what what's happening is you're following the process or you're following your attention, processing it, um, and you involve more and more people, which means you involve more and more perspectives. And this is where, what it makes so super efficient and effective that in a complex system, so if something or something gets easily too big to assess by one mind, you really, by this technologies, you can activate collective intelligence and multi-perspectives looking on one proposal and to see, can it cause harm to the organization? Can it move it backwards? Um, and and you, you, by this by this process, you make it smaller, you make it easier to apply, you make it just good enough for the next step. So that's the reality and the complexity can give you a feedback. And based on this feedback, you adapt. Oh, this is going in the right direction. Okay, we follow up and do the next step and the next steps. Oh, this is, wow, weird. So we adapt and we learn from it and we do informed decision. And, and this is how you navigate um, complexity. And we know this from, from Agile and we see that it works there. And we now have these technologies to bring it on an organizational level. By a very simple decision we made in the very beginning is that we build up on trust and we build trust in the people. And we ask people also to trust in themselves in their gut feelings and what they see and follow up on it. So it has an inner and an outer perspective. From the outer perspective, we build in trust into the system by we trust you to follow up your tensions and do proposal, which might change the whole organization. And this is what we want. So it's adaptive, responsive, agile organization. And we ask you also to take the self-responsibility uh, to listen to yourself to your inner voice or to inner gut feeling. Um, and, and by this also, you grow. You grow into adulthood. You grow into having a trustful relationship with yourself. Yeah. And, and seeing that it, it works, it makes the organization better, that makes you better, let you grow as a person and in your self-confidence and in your self-leadership. Uh, self so you know how to navigate life. You know how you, you have to balance inner dialogue about is this really attention or if I'm just afraid or is this really worth mentioning or should I go for this or that. You have to learn how to balance this dialogue. Yeah. And by this you you realize and you you, you can surface something which is self-leadership which you can then bring to the organization. And this is the whole basic concept of growth um, also professional, is that you find a competence inside of you which you can br then bring to the organization. And this is how organizational learning works, that people grow in competence, in leadership competence, also in functional competences, and can bring this 
this competence then to the organization and they will that's a, that's that's built in 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 humans they use the skills they have so from from this simple principle we can really create a, a line into we can create a learning organization what always blows me away by this um or in in this that from this very simple model of um like giving people um, the room for autonomy and being self-responsible um, comes such a such a richness in um, like working together, um, like having trustful relationships and honoring them and giving them the the room to to really play out their their strength and um, yeah, enabling people as you said to grow into wherever um, is um, yeah fits fits them. Um, so yeah, I. Like I said, I'm always blown away by this seemingly simple twist, which <laughs> isn't so simple in practice, <laughs> because yeah, um, as you said already yourself, humans are complex, um, or rather, um, humans like very um, quickly form a, a complex system. Yeah, but especially because of that, um, I really like the simplicity in, in that first step in that first first approach, right? Yeah, and there are two other aspects which makes it so beautiful for me. First is that it's really creating much deeper human connections and relationships in having conversations about co what you feel is what you sense. You get feedback which is not judging but supporting. Um, you feel the support of your colleagues and you give the support to your colleagues and always in this intention that they can grow, but you leave the responsibility for growth at this people. And um, by this, you can also escape the drama triangle and really become a um, company of, of uh, well, that's maybe too big, but it's about <laughs> coaching as this aspect. You can coach yeah, um, for, for people to say, okay, uh, I trust you that you will handle the problems ahead. You handled so many things in your life and you will. And I said, trust in you. And this energizes people um, to, to really go beyond and, and um, make it through and grow and have a lot of learning and growing opportunities. Small one, constantly, um, and which creates growth journeys. And this is um, what people are looking for. One of the most motivation uh, for people is nowadays to, to learn and to grow with a company. So for hyper-growth companies, it's super important to attract high-skilled and high-motivated people. So, And this model also, what we see is this attracts a lot of senior people. So people who um, master their profession and after this, they now look on the right and the left side. Oh, there are teammates. There's a team. We have um, interaction in the team. How we can um, formalize uh, or how we can moderate this team performance. So they, they become seniors in technical, but also in leadership. And when they see this model and they come to our onboarding sessions at Brighter, what we see is that we get this feedback that, that they love to take more responsibilities. This is actually what they're looking for. And this is a normal growth process of, of um, any, any senior that he wants to take more responsibility, not only for technical stuff, but also for organizational stuff, starting with the teammates and with the team. So this model is very attractive for, for senior um, uh, employees. So, and um, 
money is not the driver for them. Having access and work to an organization like this, working for an organization like this, is a benefit for them already. So um, I, I really liked how you um, basically um, now, at least in part, um, answered um, one of the questions that you posed earlier, like um, you help founders to... Um, yeah, how to hire and onboard people fast, like, and that's where I said, like, it's answering the question only partly. Um, so one way how to hire people fast is, um, yeah, to have this kind of provide them with an environment where they have a high degree of autonomy, where they can really be self-responsible, can can take ownership and show leadership on for themselves, but also for, um, like you said, moderate that. Um, system um of working together with with their team so um yeah maybe then as as a kind of um yeah maybe not one last question but um when when you also said in the beginning that you help um founders to answer the question like how to structure a company for hyper growth um do you is there anything that you can share around that like do you have a some um some most impactful um things um learnings um up your sleeve um that you can share i give my best thank you i um i came to the insight or believe that the culture of an organization is following its structure and with structure i'm not only mean hierarchically structure, but I mean like more the mechanics I explained in the beginning, like a structure of um, trust, which leads to autonomy. And bringing agile to an organizational level is having multidisciplinary autonomous teams working on customer journeys independently. And so there you put your trust in the teams, that this principle is applied. Um, and by this, you also can scale very fast because what you do is you just build up the next autonomous team and the next autonomous team and the next autonomous team. And what you have to bring them is alignment um, technologies so that all these teams and then it's 18, 19, 100 120 teams has a process, can reach out to a process, how they can align on the company strategy, on the company goals, um, and may have a health check and assessment that they can see um, how they de- contribute value, what is their business impact, so and have measurements and baselines continuously improve their impact on the product, their impact on, on the business, their impact at the customer. And, and we're giving all this, these technologies, set the trust in them and the coaching to apply them. And this is um, where my first learning or my first sharing here is um, to, um, when you think about how to structure a company for hypergrowth, then you structure it very much for these autonomous teams. So, and if you do this, there's, there's no need for hierarchy at this point or for this reason to the question how to hire and onboard people fast is really in putting your trust into them so that you get feedback that um, kind how the way how how you 
um, set the trust in them is um, match their need um, to self-manage, um, to take responsibility for the workplace and for their colleagues, and by helping them to get better and better in this and to um, really become self-managed and also then self-managed as an autonomous team and then self-managed within their organization and pr providing leadership skills um, on every level and every moment to the company and by this really distribute leadership and ownership which results in a responsive and um, agile organization uh, and, and this is attractive this is very attractive um, for people because they know they can grow and this is um, how you can can um, hire them attract them but also when you onboard them from you you place your your trust in them and, and gives them also a self-directed onboarding journey. And um, really from day one, let them feel that they are, um, that they are allowed to contribute in the best way they can. And that, and this will really make this process of onboarding very fast. And for the last question, how to scale a great culture? It's very much about make explicit the culture you already have. And most startups has a super great culture in the beginning because it's all made of passion and love the whole product because the whole there's only an idea uh, in the beginning that you can serve a customer um, that you can bring something to the world which is needed so it leads a lot of passion to make this alive and this you can if you if you're able to make this this passion explicit the culture, this momentum, this esprit you feel in the company, you can make this explicit and then make part of your onboarding that people know the social technologies they can use to to, to nourish this culture, this of esprit, of ownership, of entrepreneurship, of trust, of adaptability, of distributed leadership, of decision making, of small experiments. So you can make all this explicit and and bring it in an onboarding process so that the people and at the end give you the feedback that, oh, everything what you told me, first of all, makes sense. And it is exactly what I'm experienced in my first three weeks here. It's, it's not really new. So this is what I see. But now you give me the word to talk about it. Now I can align with these wordings with my peers. And if it's not working, I can align with my peers. Look, we have this process, call it like this, described here, and this part is not working. We change it to here. I make a proposal that we change this part, and you can get reactions on it, meaningful contributions. And with a default to yes policy, yeah, you just apply it. And within days, you have an improvement of your internal processes based on, an, on reality, real need. Um, you get a feedback. If it's really improving, very, very uh, fast because it's based on the personal tension, the people can say, yeah, ah, it's, uh, it's solving my tension. And if nobody other say, oh, now you come up with another tension of side effect, um, and it's just solved within days and the organization has learned, has adapted. So, and this is happening asynchronously on different levels of the organization. And then you have something what is, what's called this living organism as an organization, which is adapting and always responding to what's happening. And the responding person, the responding elements in the systems are the people by, by trusting themselves. Beautiful. Yeah. Maybe one, one last thing I want to pick up um, in what you just said is that, um, yeah, people um, give people a shared language by making your culture explicit. Like if people have, 
have if words i mean words always have a meaning but if specific words in your organization in your culture have a meaning then you when you have words for describing your social technologies when you have words when you have words a language for describing your culture then you can much better evolve it and, and scale it i like that a lot thank you very much tobias um for for having this time um for having this conversation with me that was great fun thank you very much yeah um thank you benjamin it, it was very different from what i expected um so it was like always when i have conversations <laughs> with you which, sorry which i love because which means we discover always something new Yeah, and this newness, everything that is new has this magic for me. And um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Tobias. Thank you.